0: Alright, folks. Well, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it means it's time for another episode of the Wreck Poker Podcast. I've got the best job in the world. Uh, I get to hang out here every week and talk to luminaries from the poker world along with all my friends on the Wrecking Crew. Um, So I'll just say... If you don't know what Rec Poker is about, we're a group of fun but serious, winning, recreational amateur players. We love sharing our love of poker with the world. And we do it mostly for free. A lot of what we do here at Rec Poker is volunteer-based. It's free to join. Um, so we'd love for you to go to rec.poker and sign up for a free account right now. All it takes is an email address and a smile. And because so much of it is free, we gotta thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and Mark Brashon over at website AMP. And we also gotta thank our Premium members like the amazing Troy Graffentine, who's been a member since way back when, saw his name come across my screen earlier today, and I just wanted to say, Troy, thank you so much. Your fifteen bucks a month helps us immensely with all that we try and do here at Rec Poker. And uh, if you're thinking about joining up into our premium program, I'd encourage everyone to check us out. It's uh, if you use the code Rec Poker, it's only five dollars to join for your first month, and only fifteen dollars a month after that. Um, and you never know who you're going to find uh, uh, around the corner. If you want to find out about our wrecking crew, the group, the kind of core team that puts a lot of our stuff together here, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, or you can just listen up because you're about to hear from a few of them right now.
1: Well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5 b 5 on Twitter or 5x5 in the Poker Stars home game.
2: And I'm John Somsky. I am Poker Geek
3: MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman 50 just about everywhere.
0: <laughs> and uh, I think I said my name's Jim Reed. I've got the best job in the world. I'm Bluff Starini in the home games and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. We're going to be talking to the one and only Sarah Steffen soon. This is an exciting one. We've been looking forward to getting Sarah on the show for a while. Um, so uh, what the heck? Let's just jump right in. Um, so Sarah, uh, we got a chance to meet officially down in Las Vegas very briefly mm-hmm. as part of the. Uh, the rivalry around the tag yeah. team event between the rec poker teams and the poker power teams. And uh, you guys whooped us. You whooped us good. Um, <laughs> the poker power team was the uh, last team standing. Nice. So congratulations on that. But that was a lot of fun. It was nice, nice yeah. to meet you in person.
4: You as well. Yeah. You know, I, I know that you've known AJ for a while. And so it was, she's, she's always talked about you. So it was good to to finally meet you guys as well.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like we have so much in common, our organizations, you know, we're both very interested in fostering this friendly, inclusive atmosphere around the poker table, and uh, welcoming people into it, and letting people know how much fun you can have, if Mm -hmm. everyone just treats each other well. And uh, it it doesn't seem like it's that much to ask, to be honest with you. But um, here we are, you never know. So (laughs) um, yeah, AJ is a great friend. uh, we're doing some more work together between Rec Poker and Poker Power, uh, as the year goes by, which I'm really excited about. Um, and you're both, you two are both in Chicago. Is that right?
4: Yes. Yeah. We, we played in a home game, um, probably about 15 years ago. And so we've known each other for a long time. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, once I started with Poker Power, uh, I invited her to, to, to uh, you know, kind of come on board and, um, and now she works for them full time, which is fantastic. So it worked out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. I guess I, I always, I actually, I, I didn't get to this point with you yet, but I don't like to put people in boxes unless we're actually on the felt. Uh, so (laughs) I don't, so how do you kind of, uh, uh, consider yourself in the poker world? You've got a lot of different facets. You're an instructor, you're a player, uh, you're an ambassador, uh, how, how do you describe yourself when friends ask you what like what's your role in the poker world
4: yeah i mean it's this is just my passion my hobby i have a full-time job i'm a, a public school teacher in chicago um and so you know poker's just like been my passion so when i got to join poker power it was great because i just got to kind of combine those two things that I, you know being a teacher but getting to teach poker which i love so yeah i you know i'm i'm definitely a rec player, but I put a a lot of work into the game and I enjoy it. I travel as much as I can, you know, being off during the summer really lets me kind of, you know, go to the different stops and, you know, sometimes on long weekends. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: That's great. Um, well, I see we've got a few people in the YouTube chat, I encourage all our listeners. If you want to join us for free every week live while we do these recordings, you can come to YouTube and uh, join in. Put your questions in for free, and we always do a free draw at the end of the episode where I get to use my nerdy dice to find out who's mm-hmm. going to win the uh, the prize this week. So, anyone in YouTube, feel free to t- type your questions in. And anyone here in the panel, of course, uh, feel free to uh, jump in anytime. So. Tell me a bit about, because you, you've you been involved with uh, Poker Power since early days there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about how that organization came together and sort of what it's become over the last little while.
4: Yeah. Um, so basically, um, Jenny Just is the founder, and she is um, just an amazing woman. Um, she has a lot of different sort of facets, um, but she started a trading company, um, basically Peak Six uh, downtown in Chicago. Um and so poker's kind of always been around her, you know, in that industry. Um, they played it a lot. She wasn't a poker player, but her husband played and you know, they would have tournaments there at Peak Six. And um, one day, uh a few years ago, her teenage daughter came home from a tennis match and she had um lost the tennis match. And her husband was, you know, kind of frustrated at it. And he's like, you know, it doesn't even seem like she knows that there's an opponent in front of her. You know, she's not thinking about any strategy. And then he offhandedly said, we should teach her how to play poker and how her mind works is she's, you know, she kind of was like, huh, we, we should teach her how to play poker, you know, cause all you think about is your opponent and their strategy. So um she kind of sat with that for a little bit. Um And then she started just doing some, some groups with her, um, the mom friends and their daughters, and they would have a couple of groups and they had a lot of fun. And then it just kind of went from there. So um, her assistant, they were looking for like a female poker player in Chicago. Um, and I, you know, there's just not a lot of female poker players in general. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so I had done like one Jeremy Smith, like, uh, who used to direct the HPT, um, had asked me to do like a tiny little interview, uh, for an Indiana newspaper about what it was like to be a woman in poker. Um, and so her assistant, um, had just Googled female poker players in Chicago. And I think that's like the only thing that came up. And so she reached out to me, Um, And then I got to go down, you know, downtown and and meet them and like hear about their vision. Um, And it kind of just went from there. And so then it started and um, it started live. Like I would go to the suburban like libraries uh, outside Chicago and just teach high school girl groups how to play poker. And it was a blast. Um, And then COVID happened. So um, we really, you know, actually worked out because we transitioned to virtual and then we were able to expand. And now we've done thousands of, you know, women. We've taught thousands of women already in the last few years. So.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, Um, and that must have been a real adjustment from teaching live to doing it exclusively online. I'm sure a lot of organizations have gone through that. Uh, But what 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 were some of the differences in the way that you like approach learning or teaching as a teaching professional? I'm kind of curious to get your your take on that.
4: Yeah, I mean it's so much harder online, you know, because it's poker is such a I don't know. I like the live. I don't really play online a ton like I will, but I like it. I like the live aspect. I think it's more fun and it's a hard game to learn. Um, you know, when you're online because, you know, the women, the girls that we were teaching had just zero experience. And so, you know, you're not only learning a whole vocabulary, but then you like, you're playing on an app and you're trying to figure out like what the controls are. Like, how do I check? You know, we use like poker too, and a lot of our games. So that's kind of like a, a confusing app anyway. Like, how do I check? How do I fold? how much do I bet, you know, and it's fast, you know, cause it's online. So that was super challenging. And, um, you know, live, we would go a lot slower in the sense that we would talk through, like, let's play what's the nuts and let's like do 10 hands where we can just, you know, talk through like, what would the best hand be in this situation? So it was, it was hard, but you know, we, we figured it out. We had, um, a couple great, um, like Melanie Weisner helped a lot with our curriculum. Mm, so great, yeah. yeah, she's amazing. And so, you know, we were able to do it, um, but it, it was for sure challenging. Um, and now, you know, with COVID, you know, kind of on getting better, we're, we're able to do some more live events. So that's been a lot of fun too. Nice. Going back to live.
0: Um, I know Chris has some questions from YouTube, but I'm going to jump in with one take take off there. So, uh, you're, you're a professional teacher. Are there some common elements to teaching games and as well as sort of teaching a more typical curriculum and what kind of things st- stay the same as you're in that position?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely it's just, it's all about, um, just built building a foundation, right. You know, mm-hmm. and so just like teaching, it's like, you have this end goal and you have to kind of like backwards map, backwards plan be like, well what do you need to in order to learn this? Like you need to know this and then this and then this and it's the same thing in poker. So just really building from from the the basics, you know, it's like if you're going to learn um you know how to bluff, well first you need to know what types of hands do I bluff? Is this a bluff? Is this a value bet? Like and that's where I think a lot of people struggle in the beginning is they just are so unsure about the strength of their hand that sometimes you don't even know what you know, why you're betting. Are you betting for value? Are you betting as a bluff? So you just kind of got to like, you know, sort of roll back all the assumptions of like what you know. And that's what's hard because as poker players, it's just there's so much to learn. And sometimes you forget the very big, ba- like that you just assume that people would know things that they wouldn't. And so you kind of just got to like backwards map to the very beginning and, you know, start there for sure.
0: Yeah. That that really just struck a chord with me because I remember in my own poker career when. I stopped thinking about the absolute value of my hand and started thinking about the relative value of my hand, given mm-hmm. the board and the action and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. we do kind of take that for granted now that we've been you know, playing as long as we have. But it's a really important step in someone's journey um, yeah. to, to sort of like know where they are. And you can it's hard to do that without getting yeah. reps in and sort of getting familiar yeah. with the with the environment like that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Great point. All right, Chris? Well,
1: I, I just add to that, like, I remember the moment I, like, figured out, like, oh, this is many years ago, but, like, you can't have a full house without a paired board. You can't mm-hmm. have, you know, like, like those things didn't, when I first started playing, I, th- that didn't even occur to me. I was like, oh, somebody randomly has a full house, but it, anyway... Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Sarah, you know, one of the, there's, I, I've got an audience question and a question of my own. You mentioned preferring the live game um, and, you know, Poker Powers. I really am a great admirer of your mission and kind of drawing more women into the game. Um, but one of the things that we do know is that at least by all the sort of stats that I've seen is that more women, if percentage-wise, play online than play live and i'm curious about maybe some of your thoughts around what is it about the live game that you enjoy more mm-hmm. but that maybe uh prevents us from reaching some of those numbers that we do see in some of the online environments
4: yeah i mean i think there's so many reasons right i think number one is just a, a lot of women don't have the time you know it's it's if you're going to go play a tournament or like a cash game session you need you know at least 3 to 12 hours, you know, you're probably going to have to travel there and back an hour. And so it's just, you know, people are moms, they have families, like it's hard. It's just hard for them to, to find the time for sure. Um, and I just think like the environment, it's definitely intimidating, you know, when you walk in and you are, um, you know, one of one, two, three women in like a room of a hundred people. And you've never done that before. Like if you don't have somebody to go with the first time, I think, a lot of women probably peek in that room and then just walk, walk out, you know, cause they don't want to look, they don't want to look stupid, yeah. you know, even though that's, it's part of it. It's just like learning and, and getting comfortable, but you know, it's intimidating, I think for, for a lot of women. And, um, you know, just because you don't, they're, dis- they, they already feel like out of place and then they just, they don't know what to do. So it's like, well, what am I going to do when I sit down at the table for the first time? Like, you know, like, do I need cash? Can I pay with the credit? Card? You know, it's just people don't know. And so I think unless you have someone kind of holding your hand that first time, it's it's intimidating for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. And I, that's what I, one of the things I love about sort of watching the growth of what Poker Power has done. It seems like that there's almost like a buddy system in some ways, yeah. like, and you're constantly sort of like cheering for each other and traveling with each other. And there's sort of this this sort of growth that happens that way, which I think is really exciting.
4: Yeah. I mean, we had a woman, um, a couple, but one of them I met at the ladies event, um, who flew out, she had never played live before. And she flew out to Vegas from the East coast, like for the ladies event. And she came to the booth and was like chatting and she, she was having the time of her life, you know? And, but again, like we're there, like she can come and be like, Hey, wh- what, do I do? Like, Oh, I you need to get a player's card. You need to do this, you need to do that. And, you know, we were there to help. So, but it's, you know, uh, more of our women are doing that. And it's, it's so fun to see and to meet, you know, Meet them in person, and and they're putting themselves out there. You
1: know, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah. Well, and so we have a related kind of audience question. Uh, Dark Angel is asking uh, Sarah, what do you think of the turnout at the uh, of the ladies at the WSOP? Uh, it, the quote here is six percent of the field uh, was ladies overall. I know in the UK, I've definitely seen it grow um, from the first ever ladies event, which had seven players, to now over a hundred ladies playing. So what, what do you think about sort of your experience at the WSOP um, and sort of, sort of the, the women's turnout at, at some of these events that you've been seeing?
4: Yeah. Well, six, I didn't, I actually don't know this dad, but 6% seems slightly higher, I think than before. I think it was like 4% maybe last time. Um, so that's great. Uh, I I think I'm seeing a, just more women in general, for sure at, you know, not as much at the main event, but um, definitely the side events, the millionaire maker, like those types of events. Um, I'd say if I thought about it, probably at least half of the tournaments that I played in had more than one woman, like at my starting table, which is a little bit rare and great. So, I mean, we're, you know, people are definitely becoming more comfortable putting themselves out there more. And, you know, I just think like there's so many more resources now that are accessible to like training and, and classes and stuff that you know, hopefully that's causing women to be more comfortable going in there for the first
0: time. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know I, 20 years from now, looking back on what the next little while looks like, uh, you know, it'll be I'll be really curious to see what are the factors, the the variables that people start working on when it comes to this kind of stuff, because I thought like the tag team event where the beatdown occurred. Okay, fine. Don't have to keep bringing it up, <laughs> right. Sarah. Okay, get off my back about it. I know. Um, uh, that I thought had it had a lot of of women yes. players in it. Like like I was, I had four at my table. Um, every time I looked around, I thought like each table had more than one woman playing it. I mean, it was yeah. phenomenal. Um, and maybe there's an element of that like buddy system aspect mm-hmm. to that. That did feel like a very social, fun event, even though yeah. we were all trying our best. Okay. Okay, yeah. we are doing a <laughs> no, best. over there. Hey, we, I think I think
4: me and Kina went out first, so we, <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't say anything. <laughs> it wasn't
4: no, but, me I
0: didn't bust us. So. Oh yeah. Well, and I should and I should be really clear for our, our poker <laughs> listeners that uh, George Sanford who was my partner was a perfect partner and I was the one that put the oh, chips no. in bad at the end there. Yep. <laughs> but we talked about it. We're, we're all cool. We're cool, George. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh yeah, and I and I I, you know, I don't want to talk to you about women's issues just because you're a woman. As it happens, it's something that we're really focusing on right now. In fact, um, and I'll just say for our audience members, on August 9th at 7.30 Eastern, uh, Kim Petvet-Kilroy is going to be doing her monthly poker empowerment session here at Rec Poker. It's free for everybody to join. You don't need to be a premium member uh tuesday august 9th at 7 30 she's got some exciting news we're going to be changing the format of the group and um she would really like to get some more input from some of the other women uh here at rec poker and also beyond in fact I'm, i might send you a note offline yeah. Sarah, and see if we could uh get some more voices in the room for that because yeah, it's something that um anyway so on that note um is there <clears throat> is there something other than just having guys be less dicks at the table? Like, cause I think we're attracting a lot of women to the game of poker. And like Chris is saying, like the number of players online versus the number of players live seems to indicate that, you know, it's easier to play uh, online. As you point out, not everyone has time to commit to the live game. Um, but retaining the players that come mm-hmm. to the live arena seems to be an issue as much as anything else. And I, and I, I, I'm kind of being flippant about it, but do you think there is something other than just being better allies at the table and ostracizing more of the jerks?
4: Yeah. I mean, I just think like, there just needs to be more, I don't know. I I feel like sometimes like, especially with this year, like they weren't even going to stream the ladies events on line. Yeah. Like, there's things like that, that could be very easy, easily fixed. Um, I just think like, also, I think like poker coming off like mainstream TV, I think that's mm-hmm. bad, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. to, you got to have a Poker Go subscription. I mean, most poker players who are play a lot probably don't pay for a Poker Go subscription, you know? So I just think like, it just needs to be out there more, you know, in, in general, in order to attract a newer audience and, you know, because you're not going to really get that exposure. So I think that's important. Um you know, in order to grow the game, and I just think like it's going backwards for some reason.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, kudos to Poker Power. I know you guys put a lot of emphasis on um, getting younger people as well involved. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important for everybody, sure. uh, and, and it and it should be an attractive game for younger people because it's it's a it's a place to compete. You know, that's one mm-hmm. of the things I love about it is um, it's an area where I'm going to be able to compete for the rest of my life, hopefully uh, when my knees and back aren't what they used to be, you know?
4: Right. And I think like for younger people too, it's like a bankroll issue. You know, we have some different clubs in different colleges, you know, I think like if there was some organized way to kind of do like, you know, a a system, you know, like a a community, like a tournament, you know, where somebody wins a seat to the WSOP, like at different colleges and things like that. I just feel like that could be something fun too. There's definitely things we can do that would be easy, but again, it's like sometimes the game has a stigma. And so, people don't even want to hear your idea for it. Cause they're like, Oh, gambling this, that. So, you know, that's, that's one issue that we need to overcome in general too. So
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> sure. Yeah. A stigma across the board. Yeah. Um, well, I want to, I want to take a quick second and thank some of our international viewers, uh, dark angel and Troy calling in from well, uh, more than halfway around the world. So good nice. morning to you too. And thanks for coming in there. And Jay Fleming, a new name, uh, in the poker, in the YouTube chat. So nice to see you as well here. Um, so you are working primarily with uh, beginner players, and then you turn them inter- into intermediate players. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you're also working with intermediate players. Um, what are some? Once people have kind of got the basics down and they've played a bit, uh, what are some of the kind of pivot points that you see in your students, in your clients, where there's kind of those moments of epiphany where they, oh, start thinking about poker in a new light and, and take that mm-hmm. next big step?
4: Yeah. Like definitely see that some people, you know, they don't take to the game, but we have a really like a good solid percentage of our players who we have community games every day Mm. um, online. Um, They're free. They're just for fun. And we have women who show up every day and play these games, you know, Um, and it's, it's, and I monitor them, you know, so it's fun to see their, their play style change. You know, you can tell the beginning players are still experimenting. They're trying to figure out what's, you know, what to do and what hands to play and, you know, um, but then you really see the, the intermediate players getting a lot better, you know, with their bet sizing and, um, you know, they, they do things like they trap, they trap in different places and they, um, you know, they make some really cool bluffs and they bluff cash sometimes. So it's, it's cool. Um, and it's a, it's a great way to like build the community. So that's fun to see. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then it's, it's great to see them just want to play live. Like, um, we have a a member, Emily, who was one of our first players and she was in at the Aria. We both played like a $400, uh, ladies tournament together there. So I got to see her and, um, you know, you can just see them asking the right questions, you know? Um, and so that's kind of like the turning point when you're giving all this information and you can tell they're taking it in, but a lot of it goes in one ear and out the other, but you can really tell that they've Get it when they come back with a question for you. You know, they're mm. like, "Well, hold on. Like, I did this. Like, should I have done this?" Or, "Hey, you know, Emily was asking. Like, hey, like, how do you how do you adjust for cash games instead of tournaments? Like, what's the difference?" So you can you can start to see the light bulbs go off when they and they have some really good questions and hands that they want to talk about. Well,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, so. and, and like sharing that with other people is such a key uh step in your journey. Like I know. A lot of our members, we used to uh, just read books and listen to the podcast and kind of like learn mm-hmm. in a silo, but getting involved with the team, putting yourself out there on the forums, yeah. getting other people's opinions about what you could have done differently. You know, that was a real uh, game changer for a lot of us. I'm sure it's the same with yeah. uh, with you and your clients.
4: Yeah, we had two, like Tammy and uh, Liz, two of our instructors just did, a, I think they're finishing up, but they, they partnered with the Women's Poker Association. They did an advanced class. It was like six weeks, like one hour a week. Um, It was not part of like the general poker power curriculum, but a ton of women signed up for that, you know, and they talked about like how to use pre-flop charts and like flopped and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's it's fun to see some of the women just really, really wanting to work on that strategy.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, Rob, you've got something? I was just
3: curious, um, as a poker instructor and kind of we kind of feel that we ourselves here in our in our wrecking crew. you obviously had to do some studying of your own. So I'm curious how you progressed your own game enough to feel comfortable enough to start instructing others.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's so important. Um, I mean, I just learned through my friends and I think like COVID actually made me become so much better because we would have a group of friends where we would play tournaments um, together and um, zoom together and we would just talk hand histories all all night long. You know what I mean? And that to me was just the most beneficial is what I actually did. And, um, you know, how, what should I have done? What were the different like things that I could have, you know, actions that I could have chosen to take. And to me, like finding people who are better than you and just talking hand histories with them, I think is the most important. Um, And then actually like I signed up for Faraz Jaka, Faraz Jaka's coaching program um, as well. And that's helped a lot too. He's an amazing instructor, the way that he kind of structures his, his, uh, his coaching his, his group coaching is great. It's really reasonable rate too. So that's been, um, super helpful for me. Um, and then just, you know, I just watch so much poker, you know, anytime there's the WSOP final tables, like the, I listening to the commentary, you know, I think can be really helpful too. Um, cause you can't, you know, you can't get the game is ever changing. So it's like, you can't get stagnant. You can't just assume that you know enough. Cause you know, you're going to, people are going to get better than you. So you definitely have to keep up for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that tees me up uh, well for one of my own questions, which is, uh, is that we, a lot of the wrecking crew members, we also do coaching uh, with beginner and intermediate players, depending on what they're looking for. We've got a lot of different members here that uh, like to get involved. Um, is there a, is there a sort of like a, a a piece of poker wisdom that you really enjoy imparting to someone who doesn't have it. Like for me, when I'm working with a coaching client and we move into them actually thinking about their opponents, having a range of hands and like what that Mm -hmm. actually means to the hands that could be in that range. That's just like a turning point for them as a player. You know, I, I get so excited when I get to do that. Is there anything like that for you when you're coaching?
4: I think for me, it, it was really, it's been valuable to, and I don't sound simple, but like having a plan, like mm. I see whenever I see someone at a table, make a huge river bet and get check raised, they don't know what to do. You know, it's like, you didn't think about what you are going to do if that happened. And I think for me, it's like, every time I I make it do an action, like what, what am I going, knowing what I'm going to do, like exactly what I'm going to do, no matter what the player does, like, what if they call, what if they raise min raise, what if they, you know make a forex like then what am I gonna do? Like am I gonna call? Am I gonna re raise them? So I just feel like that sort of and then Mel- Melanie did a really nice job with our lesson on that, like just planning ahead. And I think like that's the most important thing that you know a lot of people don't think about. And again, like you have to with your chip stack too, because you know you don't you, you have to use sizing. So like you have the perfect amount of chips left in order to do what you want to do in the hand. And to me that was just a big turning point for me is really just thinking through the hand Envisioning the hand till its end, and like thinking what I want to do on each street.
0: Mm. And that's obviously you have to you have to have been through a few hands in order to kind of even know what that feels like. So um I love that that's something you can kind of get to uh, at one point. yeah, yeah. Chris uh,
1: Sarah, one of one of the things also that I think uh, poker Power does is you work with sort of companies and and organizations mm-hmm. and sort of do trainings based around lessons you can learn from poker. And I'm really intrigued by that because I think there are I think poker is a really great sort of training for sort of some life lessons for some Mm -hmm. practices in your own life. But I'm curious about, you know, what what are some of the like the key things that that um, that you that you think poker can teach us about sort of things outside the game?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, like tilt is such a huge one um, because you're just going to be put through it on like. You know, even like this weekend, I went to the MSPT and my stack was roller coaster, you know, so you're just, you put through it so much and really being able to like be even keeled and not let anything rattle you. I think is it, this game teaches you so much and it's hard to get there. And I, for me, it took a long time, but I think that is like so important because then you can just go through life and really kind of use that same sort of, um, just mantra, you know, like, I'm not going to let this person bother me. I'm not going to let this situation bother me. It's out of my control. Like I made the best decision I could, and this is what happened, you know, and not being results oriented, I think is a huge one for us. Um, Because again, like, did you make the right decision? Yes. Did things go wrong? Yes, it is what it is, you know, like I, there's nothing we can do there. And so like, you know, the, the results oriented, like the emotional, like resilience, um, I think is important in learning how to be a good loser. Um, I think it's important because poker, you're going to lose 99.9% of the time when you go play a tournament, like you're usually not going to win. You're going to lose at some point, whether you're out first or, you know, whether you play second in the tournament, you still lost. And so I think like, that's a huge lesson and just again, like perspective taking and like being able to just let it roll off your back. Mm -hmm. I think that's important.
1: For well, sure. and actually, this is this is a great. Uh, so, thank you for that, and it's a great uh, segue to a audience question um, where uh, Dark Angel asks um, how how do you manage with burnout, and how do you t- how do you manage to not tilt and get your mindset right? So, I think you kind of touched on that as being like a really important skill. But what are some specific? How did yeah. you learn those lessons? Where how did you get to the point where you're managing tilt?
4: Yeah, I think like just the experience like having a lot of experience where you know i don't know where you're deep in a tournament and you bust like it can be heartbreaking right cuz you're so close like that happened to me this weekend too like i was 20 26 left and i had like could have had a million chips but then the board paired on the river like again you know you're like not again um but you just again it's just it's it's really detaching yourself from the results like did i play this hand correctly Um, and am I going to have another chance to to try again? You know, and that's, that's too, like, and that ties into bankroll a little bit. Like you can't put your whole stock in like one big tournament because that's when you're going to feel so much disappointment. Um, so you want to like, make sure you're playing tournaments that you can, you know, afford to continue to try again and again and again, because, you know, if, if you, put your stock all in one and then you bust, like you're going to be heartbroken, you know, but if you know, like, oh, I can play this tournament again next weekend. And the weekend after that, then you know that you're going to have those chances to kind of, to, to take it down and to win. Um, and then like during the, the moment, you know, sometimes I'll listen to music. I'll take a walk, you know, I'll go outside, get a deep breath, you know, take some deep breaths, come back. Um, I'll text my friends, um, you know, and, tell them to like, send me something funny or tell them to talk me down off the ledge, you know, and they, they do, they say something funny. I think it's the support system is important too. like, um, you know, sometimes you have those friends who like, will listen to your bad beat and like, make you feel better. And you want to talk to them. And sometimes you'll have those friends who just, tell you to shut up and get it together. And sometimes you want to talk to them. And so it's like, you got to have that support system. That helps a lot too.
0: (laughs) That's a great one. Speaking of support systems, so I want to thank uh, Dark Angel 7091 is uh, Donna Morton, who's a fantastic uh, poker person on Twitter in particular. So folks, everyone should go and follow her um, at Dark Angel Seven Hundred Nine. And, uh, she's, uh, she's helped lots of poker organizations spread the good word about what they're doing. She helps monitor webinars and, uh, moderate stuff like that. So thank you, Donna, for your support. I'm glad we finally got a chance to, uh, connect on some of this stuff, keep up the great work. Um, all right, well, uh, Sarah, I'm going to give folks one more chance to type any questions in, in the meantime, before we wrap it up, uh, how do you like people to get in touch with Poker Power? We'll talk about you in a second, but what's the best way for people to get lined up with Poker Power? And what does it look like for them as they join and get more involved?
4: Yeah, you can just go to PokerPower.com. Um, and we offer classes that start at the top of every month um, in groups of four. Uh, so you can sign up for you know four at a time. Um, you know, One through four is basics. Um, lessons five through eight are kind of our intermediate um, breakthroughs and then lessons nine through 12 are brilliance. And so you can either start at the beginning and sign up for lesson one, or if you feel like you have some experience, um, you could start and sign up for the middle group of lessons. Uh, and they're one hour a week on zoom. Uh, it's about 30 to 40 minutes of, a like a strategy presentation. And then we break into breakout rooms and you plan an app, um, which we are almost, like we, we have an app now, which is great. We're still working on some of the bug fixes and things like that, but we utilize our app now in our game. Um, and yeah, you play and get feedback um, which is really nice is the app uh, ha, can deal cards face up. So in the with beginners, like we can actually online, see the cards. we can talk through what you should do. Um, so yeah, in, you get some coaching from a, from an instructor during that uh, gameplay. Um, and then, yeah, then your inner community, we do monthly events. Um, we do meetup games sometimes. we do um, you know we did like Kina and I did a head, heads up lesson recently. Um, so we do like really cool monthly events um, that are free. So yeah, we encourage everyone to to sign up at pokerpower.com.
0: Yeah. And if uh, folks are at rec.poker, we've got a link to join up with Poker Power in our learning partners section. So they're right up there with all the other premium training organizations from around the world uh, that we love to work with here at rec.poker. So you can go to rec.poker slash resources and find out more information about them and the other groups there. Um, Sarah, you're getting some very complimentary comments from the chat here from uh, Martha and from Donna and a few other people. Great. Um, so on behalf of them and myself, thank you for joining our wrecking crew, uh, thank to have you. this conversation. I, I had yeah. a ton
4: of fun. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Happy to... It- I'm back anytime. So for
0: a while, we're going to hold you to that. And uh, I know you have a lot of fun on Twitter. Oh, in fact, we can't let you go before we talk about some railing that's been happening yes. on Twitter recently. So first of mm-hmm. all, um, what's your handle? And what's the best way for uh, folks to get in touch with you personally? Is it, is it Twitter or email or smoke signals? What's your preference?
4: Yeah, Twitter's great. Um, I'm uh, Sarah K. Steffen at Sarah K. Steffen um, on Twitter and on Instagram, Sarah poker. So those are you know, two, two great ways. Um, I, you know, you could also just email me Sarah at pokerpower.com as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. We have, we have some fun on Twitter for sure.
0: (laughs) And, and, uh, so, I mean, Chris might, uh, tee this up a little better than me, but I know you've been uh, down at MSPT, uh, Mm -hmm. playing a little, uh, but you're also part of a great rail. Um, so, i mean so there's there's a couple photos that that are going around twitter today by the time people hear this it'll be a few days uh, later but you can go back and check it out but Mm -hmm. can you can you just tell us what what makes a good rail like how what are the qualities that make for a good rail
4: yeah um i mean you just gotta have fun you know and so um like i busted 26 uh yesterday my friend angela was still in so we went and uh had some drinks. She, you know, on her, she gave us a hundred bucks and oh, then nice. another hundred bucks and sent us <laughs> off. And then we came back and uh, yeah, we just had fun. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to just be able to, to cheer on your friends and be like super happy for them, you know? Um, and then there for them when, when they bust out, um, but she got fifth. And so, a cool 46 grand. So that was great to nice.
0: see. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice investment fun, on that yeah. $200 worth of drinks too. Uh, I know, right? Fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some of
4: the dealers who were done dealing for the day, come and be on the rail, like our two favorite dealers who are Kathy and Denise, who are the sweetest and oh. they're, they're the cutest too. Cause every time I see them, they're like, Oh, we did good for you today. Or we, we, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad we, like, they genuinely feel bad if like I bust when they are dealing to me and I'm like, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, bad. It's so, cute. so
0: they oh,
1: were there. Great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: That's great. <laughs> well, if people uh, check out your Twitter account, they'll know the, they'll know the photo that I'm talking about. Chris. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just quick, quick question. One, one last audience question, Sarah is um uh, is poker power just available in the U S or is it available yeah, uh, no? outside the U S
4: outside the okay. U S. Yep. Anywhere okay. in the world we have, we have clubs all over. So, okay, great. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again, Sarah. We're overdue oh, to have this conversation. Um, sure. You guys are going down in the tag team event next year. Uh, I'm already uh, we'll studying. See, we'll
4: see. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll talk again sometime soon. All right, uh, keep, keep up good. all the great stuff.
4: All right. T- take care.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that takes us to John Somsky's uh, MVP spotlight. We're going to talk about our own home games. You know, poker power. You're not the only one doing multiple free home games every day of the week. We got a chance to uh, spread our wings and fly over here. Thanks to this man, the one and only John Somsky. John, what's happening over in home game land?
2: Well, actually, it's not thanks just to me. We do have lots of people playing in these <laughs> games. Otherwise, they wouldn't actually be happening. Um, anyway, this you're going to kind of see a theme for this week. Oh, we'll start. We uh, on July 18th. A really mad guy, mad guy won his third nightly series. Nice. And that's his sixth lifetime
0: event. Yep. We got used to hearing his name.
2: Yep. And then J.S. Edum, Jeff hmm. S., or J. Setum, maybe, <laughs> um, got his sixth nightly victory for the year. Then we come back to a really mad guy again. Uh-oh. Mad guy Ooh. got his fourth nightly wow. victory for the year. Mm-hmm. Then we have John Lutze, John Lutze, John, got his nice. first nightly victory for the year. He's a beast. JB Twin Cities, Joanne Bird yes. got her second nightly victory for the year. And Rick yes, Polkner. Joanne, I do know you are a her. I just, <laughs> when I'm putting the things together, I sometimes delete the wrong half of, I have the default says his or her, and then I have to delete the portion mm. I'm supposed to delete and the wrong portion.
0: Joanne's anyway, the as far as I know, the only customer in the history of the Rec Poker Moving Company. As far yes, as I know, yeah. she is the only recipient of those exact services. Uh as
2: a matter of fact, I was signed up to help with that move and then the times got changed and it no longer uh, worked for me. Um I I'm speculating that she just figured I was going to break something if I
0: was involved. <laughs> it's so. like moving out of a window. Exactly. Quick, when is John Somsky not available? We got to exactly. do this.
2: <laughs> uh, then on July 23rd, Kelly S., 1962 <clears> uh Jesus. Kelly Stork got her first nightly victory
0: for the year. It wasn't on a Sunday, was it? Because she's been loading up on those uh, Learn Pro Poker lessons already. And I really. Can't let Kelly Stork get any better at the no, game of poker. that was a Saturday. Okay, Whoo. good thing. But also on
2: Saturday, we have A Really Mad Guy, Mad uh, Guy, whoa. won the daily mixed event.
0: The a third mixed time. event, holy cow. And so
2: you may not remember last podcast, but the previous week, he had also won the mixed event. Holy. It always, so the way this is a little behind the scenes. The way it works is like when we have the mixed events, I clone the previous post and then edit it. And it gets confusing when the same person wins it because I have to go like, wait, did I edit it already? Or do I need to change? So I have to look a little closer. It's easier. So someone, please, next week, win the mixed event.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, That's a real help. So he won two. Uh, no limit hold'em events and a mixed game event in the same week. Correct. Wow. And the week
2: before, he won at yeah. least the mixed event he may have won another event too i don't remember but he's been coming on strong
0: that's in the running for one of the you know
2: i'm just wondering if he's not so mad anymore
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: it's tough to
1: stay mad when you just keep winning
0: (laughs) that's right he'd be i'd be the pretty chill guy by now uh sort of like resting on my laurels guy um but all right congratulations sir
2: And then we have our international events.
0: Monkey System,
2: Keith Brandt won the 2 p.m. international event. No, he won the 8 a.m. international event. The 2 p.m. event didn't actually run because there weren't enough players signed up. That's right. Game integrity. Players signed up by the start bell.
0: International players, if you're listening, I'm looking at you, uh, Donna and Troy and some other uh, folks chiming in from across the pond. Uh, Every Saturday, we have one of our uh, No Limit Hold'em Home games at 8 a.m. Central Time and uh, 2 p.m. Central Time. So we got a chance if you're if you're not if if you're not in the normal North American time zone there's a chance to swoop in and earn yourself a bronze pin and john won't say it but the fact that uh they're kind of a smaller field typically is a good way to sneak in there maybe you only have to beat 20 people or so to get a bronze pin as opposed to the usual uh 60 or 70 they're playing in the nightly series so check that out folks every saturday and that's uh, uh, we also have one at uh 8 central at night along with our practice mixed games on 8 central on night um, John's really working the, uh, working the, the, the water wheel real hard on Saturdays, uh, powering up all those different home games that we have going on. It's true. And I just want to point
2: out that only Jim thinks that people who are not in this time zone area are not normal. I think you're all normal people and you each have your own time zone and it's perfectly fine. Okay. Then for the, uh, LPP Sunday event. We have a brand new Victor, first time, Jesse Two Shoes, Jesse Grandfors, won his very first Learn Pro Poker event, actually his first Rec Poker event ever. So he can contact Jim at Rec.Poker to earn his free month at Learn Pro Poker.
0: Yeah, you send me an email, my man, Jim at Rec Poker, and uh claim that prize. Uh, Ryan the Plant and the Learn Pro Poker crowd put an amazing array of content together. They're constantly updating it. Um, videos, courses, curriculums, uh one-on-one coaching sessions with Ryan. It's a great way to improve. And they're one of our favorite partners over at Learn Pro Poker. So uh don't uh miss that opportunity. Send me that email, Jim at rec dot poker. Well, thanks, John. Um so, what do you think about the notion of uh, adding a few more home games to each weekday? I think if we if we spread like an hourly on-demand home game, um, but a, a lot of people say that it's not the same if you're not playing in them personally. So, there's been a real push to have you a little more present in our 16 daily home games. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, you know, having the the Tournament director, do that. Sounds good. And I am nominating you to be an excellent tournament
0: director. <laughs> all right. Well, John and I are going to have to work this out off screen. But I'm um, excited for all the new things coming over here at Poker. Um, yes, uh, Don, I agree. Checking in the chat. And I think what uh, John said is perfectly correct. Because I think you're all exceptional and extraordinary over there across the pond. Uh, and you can keep all that normal stuff for us, uh, Yankees and Canuckians. Uh, i got I got my fill of these jerks already. Trust me. Trust me. Um, so what what else is going on? we're We're recording the seminar tonight. That's uh, every month, Chris Jones hosts uh, a cards up. Well, it's cards up for him. The rest of us we're all playing against each other, trying to uh, lock down the theme of the month. And what happens is we have this playing session. Uh, we all get to learn a little something about the theme of the month, and then Chris uh, goes off into the lab, consults with his peer and best friend, Dara O'Cardy. Um, and then Dara and Chris, those two uh, rascals, deliver a sort of a breakdown of one or two of the hands that our premium members played in that uh, sort of play-along seminar. So we call them the Deep Dive because we dive deeply into a different subject matter every month, and um, tonight we're recording... The the game that's going to be the focus of next month's uh, theme. But Chris, um, what are we working on this month? And uh, what have you learned anything yourself as you kind of approach some of this material?
1: Uh, well, so the coming month in August will be uh, blind versus blind. We'll be looking at uh, some of the blind versus blind uh, pieces, and then the this actually the session we're recording tonight is going to be our September uh month because it gets confusing because we record things and we do things at different times but so august can be blind versus blind and then september we're going to be looking at defending against c-bets we just spent the last two months looking at c-betting uh in position and c-betting out of position um then we're going to do a month of blind versus blind work and then we're just because of the wsop we had to throw something in there that was a little less intensive which we thought blind versus blind could take care of that and then so september the playing session will uh come back and be talking about uh c bets again but this time from our perspective when when we're the player without the initiative I and mean, how mm. do we how do we respond to c bets
0: and i really like the way you're approaching this chris because the opportunity to c bet in position is what sky matsuhashi refers to as a bread and butter spot it's one of the most profitable spots you can find in poker is being in position with the range advantage being able to proceed uh, with an aggressive action. So that's something that we really wanna study and put in our back pocket. So you follow that up with c-bedding out of position which you'd think would be very similar, but uh, you pointed out some really interesting distinctions, and I think that's something that recreational players really need to learn and pay attention to.
1: Yeah, it's um, a play. I think it's an area I see a lot, a lot of people making very large errors on because I mm-hmm. don't think it's an area people are that well studied in.
0: But what's interesting about it is that the concepts aren't that complicated. Like you, you go through it. In less than an hour, we cover a lot of the material, and it's just pretty clear that you should be c-betting less and on certain boards in particular, and how important it is to build up like a check-raising range and some other, uh, some other stuff like that. So that's really impressive. And then I'm really looking forward to this next one. Uh, defending against cbets because i think recreational players we tend to be a little wide and loose and passive getting to the flop often we want to call and get to the flop and see how our hand does and that means that we're going to be facing a lot of c-bets. and mm-hmm. so knowing what are the boards to proceed on with what kinds of hands you know when to check raise uh, the sizings you can use that's going to be really high value uh, for a lot of our members so i hope Ah, uh, folks like I say, come join Rec Poker for free. Um, and if you want to start taking advantage of our learning material, just use the code Rec Poker to get your first month of premium membership for only five dollars. It includes access to the archive, all the deep dives that Chris has done over the last few years, um, all the book studies that John that uh, Rob's put together, all the study groups that we've done with other pros, our learning with partners, videos, you know, all these partners across the world. Share 15 minutes every month of paywalled premium content that they produce with our team, that we can share it with our premium members and show you how great these sites are um, and why you should sign up with them. So if you're considering taking the plunge, it is uh, a very, it's a good time. It's a good time to get involved with Rec Poker. I'll tell you that much. I'm really proud of what we're putting together. Um, Rob, we're working on, speaking of uh, Dara O'Karni, um we're working through the book study right now, and uh, what are you tapping away at in your current session?
3: Well, we just finished um how the shape of the range changes based on ICM considerations. so in the next session, which will be the third Wednesday of July, we will be discussing deal making so what happens at the end of a tournament when you know, two or three people at the table said, hey, let's chop this up. You know, I'm, I'm done playing. I want to do something else now. Let's chop this up. So what consideration should you be considering um, when you are asked to make a deal?
0: It's a great, and it's something that I think, especially recreational players like us should look into a little because it's somewhere where more experienced players are going to be able to actually have a bit of an edge when it comes to deal making and knowing what the ICM values are, knowing who's willing to give up a little just to to make a cash, that kind of thing. So I would say get involved and uh, catch up on if, if you can't join the session live, if you're listening a little out of sync, um, go catch up on some of those book study videos, because that's a great it's it sounds boring, like it sounds like a non sexy part of poker, but the non sexy parts of poker is where a lot of the money's made. Sorry, gang. It's in developing an edge in these areas where you have an edge and other people don't. So I would encourage uh, folks yeah, to go check. I think check it
3: out. Uh, 10 years ago, when I was first offered the first deal of my live in a live tournament, I'm sure I was taken advantage of. Right, right. <laughs> and when I look at it today and look at where we're at and um, what the things you should think about. Yeah, it's definitely definitely different, and I've been taking advantage of other people now. So I, I love
0: that. <laughs> that is a better way to do it. That's definitely a better way to do it. Um, all right. Well, a, a couple. I'll just hit a couple things coming up quickly. I really would like to reinforce the notion of that August ninth, Tuesday the ninth. Um, if you folks want to come together at seven thirty Eastern, particularly if you're uh, any women listeners. Please circle that evening. Uh, Kim's got some really exciting plans. I don't want to break them on the show here without her to talk about them with me. But um, she's really been putting her putting some good ideas together, and I think we're going to have some exciting ways uh, for women in particular to uh, share their love of poker to come and join the group and to and to get more out of it than they have been, which would make us all happy here, of course. Um, on Tuesday nights, I we've got a couple more months where we're doing our. Uh, fun country poker online play and hang so this is only for premium members but uh, if you everyone's welcome to join us tuesday night at nine we play a nine-handed sit and go and on on the uh uh, fun country poker platform which is a lot of fun you get to watch each other and share a conversation with each other that's why we call it the online play and hang because we're all hanging out and having a good time as we play but it's it's for premium members. It's free to join for premium members, and one of those nine people is going to win a fifty dollar Amazon gift card. Compliments of Fun Country. So, being a premium member, I think I mentioned, only costs fifteen dollars a month, and you're going to get four cracks a month at fifty bucks. That's uh, if you're a well, life net it, who, like me. Come do it.
3: Who who won it last month or last week?
0: Uh, let me see. I can tell we should you talk about
3: that. We should, we should actually talk about that as long as we're talking about results of home games.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. Um, so I'm actually, I'm just, I'm behind on some emails. So I still have it in my email here. I think that was Joshua <laughs> Campbell, Josh oh, Campbell, um, not that, for the f- Torinar. For
3: Torinar. Yeah. Torinar, yeah. Uh,
0: Josh, yeah. He's been a, a presence on our Tuesday night opas, And uh, yeah, he was the winner. Um, Eric Jinn has won a couple of them. Um, I think James Gibson, my man, uh, the real Jim. Uh he's he's been in there recently. Yeah, it's not just bowling. He knows what he's doing. And uh we've had some other uh we've had some other members in there too winning even even I won one of them, if you can believe it. No. They let it they, yeah, they let anybody win these, apparently. Unreal. What? Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I, know. I can't believe that. Rigged.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not sure <laughs> this software must not be, have all the bugs worked out yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh asterisk. <laughs> asterisk on the gym win. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. And I've really enjoyed working with Scott and uh the fun country uh poker group. That's a great way for, for folks to get in, involved and give that a try um and then we saw i guess uh when's the next uh, monkey system study group coming up that's going to be on thursday august 4th at 7 30 eastern um that's a great you heard of uh, keith brandt earlier tonight one of the wrecking crew members who's been killing it um in the home games of course like everyone else uh He's He has his own monthly study group with off-table tools and ways that you can study and practice when you're not on the felt. And that's a great opportunity for folks to pick up some tips on how to improve. And um, I guess the last thing I'll just say is if you're enjoying the home games, we're going to be doing our our next Heads Up Bracket event in September. So you've got a little time to start planning that out, but it'll be the third Saturday in September at uh, 3 o'clock. And get that circled so that you can join our Marek Madness production in uh, is it January, February Marek. Yeah, there you go. So we've got a little time to get ready for that. But we do our Marek Madness ladder bracket every year. And this is your way to win an entry. So I hope you get a chance to check that out. All right, folks, should we let this group out of here and roll on home? Yeah, I see Joe Cool in the chat. That's right. For one thing, I'll cry whenever I want. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's totally rigged. It's totally rigged. Yeah, I got on. It's the only way I win anything. Um, So yeah, I want to thank, uh, uh, is there anything else, fellas, before we roll on out of here? Seeing a bunch of smiling, nodding, and shaking heads. So then, um, of course, I want to thank uh, Sarah Stefan. Yeah, from Poker Power for coming and having a great conversation with us, and uh, all our fantastic YouTube. Oh, we got to do the contest. Okay, so uh, you know the rules. Uh, type the word contest into the chat tonight. Um, we're going to give a free month of Rec Poker Premium membership to whoever uh, rolls, whoever I roll the lucky die for. So I'll give folks a chance to just type the word contest into the chat box there. And I will say that uh, we've been rolling a lot of ones lately. So the first person to put their name in there I like their odds. I'm just going to say that even though we we do have a very strict randomizer here. It's a series of nerdy dice that are not weighted and uh we should probably start doing these live like you know let people see what's happening. Uh let me see. So Uh, I'll thank our sponsors again, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino and Mark Bershon over at uh, Website Amp. We can't do what we do without you. So thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) All right. I see enough in there to officially roll a die. We're going to start with Eric and work our way down. Nice to see you again, Eric. Hope everything's going well over there. Here we go. And it is. Oh, it is Eric. It was a two this time. But since we only had enough people in there, I uh, divided it by two, and one and two. Yes, I know, Donna. That's why you got to uh, – <laughs> too late. All right, Eric Anderson, you know the drill. Send me an email, jim at rec.poker, and we'll get you all sorted out. So thank you to everyone there, uh, to John Somsky, Rob Washam, and Chris Jones, um, for Steve Fredland for putting this whole thing together, and mostly to you, the listeners. Uh, thank you so much, and have a great week.